Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. say all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, including Green Bay Whack Packer Aaron Rodgers, who offered this hot take on the Pat McAfee show. I, I believe that this has been going on for a long time. Interesting uh, timing on everything. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. Did you hear about the Epstein client list uh, about to be released too? What's that? What are you talking about? There's some files that have, have some names on it that might be uh, getting released pretty soon. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Might be time to revisit that concussion protocol, Aaron. That's... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Bring it up. Bring it up, Foxy or somebody back Seats there. Seats on it. We have Super Bowl 58. You'll see it. The emblems. Put it on the screen. And then bring up 57 and 56. Does that have something to do with the Epstein list that came out? <laughs> Feels like <laughs> Feels like That's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine He's cellar for this thing. Hiding. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't happen. Ah, <laughs> All right. All right. Obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, whenever Aaron brought up the, the list. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 6th of January, year of our Lord, 2024. And you know what that day is. This day is the worst day in history. It's worse than Pearl Harbor, 9-11, the bubonic plague. We'll talk about his speech because he couldn't do his speech like he wanted to because it got rained out. So they did it last night. We're going to cover it in a second. I start with Jimmy Kimmel and all that. I think it's kind of funny to watch two celebs argue about stuff. I think it's kind of cute. Um, It's still just very surprising how A-Rod is pretty conservative on things. Just You didn't see it. The guy went to Berkeley, for God's sake. So, going to do a lot of stuff today. Um, Just going to get into it. This is one of the ones that hopefully... You've probably already seen it, but this fucking thing. So inclusion is a national security imperative. We fight today and we are going to fight in the future using brain power. And if that brain, who's going to revolutionize the way we fight in space, we fight in cyber, just happens to be in a trans body, you should want them all serving alongside me. And for your organizations, it's the same way. Those perspectives that we get from a diverse set of individuals, it's been talked about on stage a lot regarding the science behind high-performing teams. We need those perspectives. But it's inclusion that actually drives that. Because you can bring people in and if they don't feel safe, 
to speak up, if they don't feel safe to bring their full selves to work, you're not gonna get the value of the diversity. So for us, it is absolutely critical to drive our future success as an organization and potentially on the battlefield. And I think it's the same way for all of you because we can't leave that talent that is gonna revolutionize the way we do business behind. I think we have a Space Force. Yep, Space Force. That 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 is why that that's that's why. It's like I can't even get words out of my mouth. That that's why we're all fucked up. We're all fucked up because people like that have platforms and our current government that thinks everybody who doesn't think like that is a terrorist, they are all in on that. They think that shit is right as rain. And I don't understand how that's the priority when we're in a world that's really fucking dangerous. And it's precedingly more dangerous because the left gets to get away with all sorts of crazy stuff. So we're going to play some vids of terrorists, uh, ABC and CBS ignoring Palestinian protest, Ian Zierlig getting his fucking ass beat, Menendez and some more crime stats. And this is what this administration's about. This is just fine. Back here in the U.S. now to the rush to return home this New Year's Day after a record-breaking holiday travel season. Emily Aketa is at Newark Airport just as millions are on the move across the country. Emily, how's it looking out there tonight? Well, Tom, you think about it, more than 115 million Americans traveled for the holiday, according to AAA, and now many are returning home, including today, one of the busiest days expected for airports. There have been only a handful of cancellations, but more than 2,100 flights have been delayed. In the New York City area, authorities warn pro-Palestinian protests would lead to more delays. Elsewhere in New York, traffic backed up yesterday around JFK and LaGuardia airports by pro-Palestinian protests on one of the busiest air travel days. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez was hit with new federal charges today, alleging that he used his influence to promote the Middle Eastern nation of Qatar in exchange for gifts, including luxury watches. Menendez is already facing charges for allegedly taking bribes of gold bars, among other things, to help Egypt's government. Menendez has denied the charges and resisted. Take a look at this headline. I'm quoting from it. Democrats claim victory as violent crime is down. Here's why they're wrong. Jason Rance wrote that, and he joins me now. Jason, um, okay, they say crime's down. You say it's not down. Tell me more. 
Well, I say there's context to the data. Homicides nationwide down 13 percent. But it's being framed in the context of public polling that suggests Americans are really concerned about the crime wave that's been happening, and we all believe that it's going up. So they're using the stat of 13 percent to say that the American people are wrong and that Fox News and Fox Business were just making all of this up. It is a way to deflect blame for their policies. It is true that homicides are down year over year, but that's compared to two years of cities hitting historic highs. When you compare the numbers to pre-COVID, we're still up dramatically. And I was looking at some of the cities. So Denver was down 4% last year, but versus 2019, it was up 14%. Albuquerque was down 21%. That's great. But when you compare it to 2018, they're up 86%. So we're actually looking at the data the way that normal people look at it. We're not comparing it to historic highs. We're looking at it compared to the norms, the, the expectations that we have in our communities. And the fact of the matter is, we're not seeking, we're not hitting those expectations. And I'll also point out, and I point this out in the Fox News editorial, the cities that saw the most dramatic dips in homicide rates are the cities that started to reverse and reject the defund movement, the ones that reversed all those policies that came with it. Um, there are lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. I can't remember who said that, but somebody famous said that, and I think that's absolutely <laughs> accurate. Uh, Seattle raised its minimum wage to, what is it, 19.97 per hour. That's at large companies. Highest minimum wage any major city in the country. Is that affecting local prices? It absolutely is. I mean, and it's rather ironic because folks will argue the reason why we need higher minimum wages is because it's so expensive to live in the area. Well, the reason why it's so expensive is we keep raising the cost of doing business in Seattle. And so what we're seeing here is not only prices going up, and we've seen this before, the folks who have the lowest level of skills, they find themselves not having an easy time getting a job. You're seeing jobs end up getting put into sort of one bucket. So instead of having two employees, they consolidate into having one employee. Hours end up getting cut. And what's really alarming in all of this, because what we say all the time on my radio show, what happens in Seattle, it's not Vegas. What happens here doesn't stay here. Cities around Seattle are now moving forward with raising their own minimum wages, which is hurting their local economies as well. Got it. Um, by the way, it was Benjamin Disraeli, the British prime minister in the 1850s, I think he was, who said there's lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. I just want to straighten that one out. I've got one more for you, <laughs> Jason. Uh, I want your thoughts on Claudine Gay. Stepping down as president of Harvard, does this mark a turning point for this diversity, equity and inclusion dominance that we have in higher education? Is that um, starting to move into the background now? Well, so we'll see how the general public reacts, because what we're seeing right now are folks in the DEI corner basically saying this is an example of white supremacy at work. They went after her solely because she's a black woman, which is, of course, absurd. All this was about was accountability, not racism or sexism. But that corner is going to continue to push that narrative. So unless the media starts to switch gears and focus on why this actually happened, we're probably still going to see progressives hang on to that DNI nonsense. The general public, though, we should know better. I hope they do know better. And it's on us to turn the corner. It's not going to be on the Harvards of the world or progressive activists. Got it. Jason Rance, thank you very much indeed, son. We'll see you again real soon. Happy New Thanks. Year to you, lad. Appreciate it. I know it's a lot to unpack in that, but God bless America. Look at these guys. We're letting people... I mean, you know how dangerous that balloon is? Ian Ziering getting fucking rat-fucked. I mean, why can they get away with this stuff? Why? Why is it okay? 
because we talk about January 6th like it's the end of days. He talked about it again. And I don't understand why. I just don't understand. Monday was the deadline for Illinois owners to report their assault weapons. You don't think that's a list? That we're not saying, hey, we're going to go get them fuckers. Yeah, of course we are. That's that's what they do. I I'm still upset that I like a dumbass. Um got a concealed carry. Cuz less than 6 months later I didn't need the concealed carry. So now they know I I can still carry. They know I have a weapon, and I wish they didn't. This one's one that I think is really funny. One reason podcasting has taken hold to the extent that it has on the right, conservatives are skeptical of the media, and podcasting allows them to bypass the press altogether. No, it's because you can't find... Excuse me. Anybody that kind of thinks like you. Like if I want, for me, I want people that are dogging. Sorry, I'm catching a cold because I've been going out in the cold and the rain walking and I'm really stupid. So I'm putting Vicks on my nose because I can't fucking breathe. Um, They bash the right and the left. But you can't get that because there's no network that does that. Everything's all liberal. And then you have one conservative channel. So you're looking for something. So I used to listen to podcasts where, like a Ben Shapiro, they say is a gateway drug to conservatism, which is so fucking stupid because he's very, very hard on the right. He's more independent than conservative, in my opinion. I don't think he's super conservative and he's not going to get you to be a right-wing extremist because he has to report people for trying to kill him all the time. I mean, he just... He's a Jewish dude. He deals with a lot of crap. Um, I'm not going to... I'm just not going to touch this whole Epstein stuff. I mean, there's so many people on it. A lot of them have, you know, nothing to do with um, little girls and stuff like that. Um, but let's be honest, they're, they're, they're everywhere. There's a lot of people going to that fucking island. And that's just fucking sick. Just fucking sick. So let's talk about the mass shooter. Um, I want to play this soundbite first because nobody's talking about him. Units, we've got an active shooter situation at Perry High School. 612 this morning and community members in Perry, Iowa are waking up to the aftermath of yet another school shooting. The small town is located about 40 minutes northwest of Des Moines. 
It was the first day back from winter break when a student, 17-year-old Dylan Butler, opened fire at the local high school. Police say Butler, seen in this photo posted to social media before the shootings with the caption, Now We Wait, killed one student and hurt five others, including the principal, before taking his own life. Police have not confirmed a motive for the shooting. According to the Gun Violence Archive, there have already been five mass shootings so far this year. In a tragic incident on Thursday morning, January 4th at Perry High School in Iowa, a shooter claimed the life of one student and left five others injured. The suspected shooter, identified as 17-year-old student Dylan Butler, then turned the gun on himself. According to Mitch Morvitt, Assistant Director of the Iowa Department of Public Safety's Division of Criminal Investigation. Among the victims of the tragic school shooting at Perry High School were five students with the devastating loss of a sixth grader. Perry High School principal Dan Merberger is reported to be among those who were shot, according to confirmation from the Perry Community School Board, reported by ABC News. While four victims are in stable condition, one is believed to be in critical condition. A family member of Dylan Butler revealed that he had been a victim of relentless bullying since elementary school, characterizing him as a quiet person. Sisters Yesenia Rudder and Khamia Hall, both 17, along with their mother, Alita, shared with the Associated Press that Butler reached a breaking point when his younger sister started facing bullying as well. They claimed that the school officials' failure to address the issue was the last straw for him. Yesenia expressed that he was hurting and tired of the bullying and harassment, despite acknowledging that shooting was not the right idea or wise decision to take they shed light on the immense emotional struggle he faced. Kame remembered him as the kindest person ever, emphasizing that he had been there for them and expressing regret that they couldn't do enough for him in return. Reports suggest that Dylan was an online LGBTQ activist and part of the community. Dylan Butler, armed with a pump-action shotgun and a small-caliber handgun, carried out the tragic shooting at Perry High School Authorities discovered a rudimentary explosive device in the school as well. Reports suggest that Butler had plans to harm more individuals, but the incident occurred before the start of the school day, resulting in fewer students and staff in the building. Before the shooting, Butler shared a TikTok video from what appeared to be school bathroom stall with the caption, Now We Wait. The background music featured the song Stray Bullet by KMFTM, known for its ominous lyrics. The song was also used on the personal website of Eric Harris, one of the preparators of the 1999 Columbine High School massacre. Additional videos on Butler's Reddit school showcased disturbing behavior, including impersonations of the cook from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and notorious serial killer Jeffrey Tamer. Some clips depicted Butler pretending a stick was a gun, and investigators reportedly found photos of him posting with firearms. It remains unclear whether the weapons used in the shooting belonged to Butler. The president is tracking the tragic school shooting at Perry Middle and High School in, in Iowa. Our hearts break for the families of the victims in yet another act of senseless gun violence. We are grateful for the brave first responders who are on the scene and unfortunately, there is no longer an active threat to the school. I should say fortunate, not unfortunately. Senior White House staff have been in touch with the governor's office and federal officials are working with local law enforcement to support their investigation. 
We will know more as they complete their work. It's only the fourth day in the year, in the new year, and we are already faced with yet another horrific school shooting. And the question that we ask is when will enough be enough? The questions that families ask and the victims of families ask is when will it be enough? When will enough be enough? Our students and teachers deserve to know that their schools are safe spaces and to focus on learning, not duck and cover drills. While the president and this administration have taken historic action to reduce gun violence, more must be done to keep our schools and communities safe. Congress must act to enact universal background checks, ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines, require safe So let's talk about, you know, this. This this is not new. This is this is happening way too much. And I want to you know, this tweet was really good by this person. We need to understand what the correlation is between people who identify as trans committing mass violence. I hope to see a House Republican bring this up soon. This really is a threat to all of us, and this is another demographic that they already be looking at. Now, I already know the answer to this, all right? And, and I got so much stuff. Here's heavy, and I'm going to answer it. Hold on. Let's do the heavy. They usually have a pretty decent one. He went to TikTok too much, posted a selfie on TikTok, the caption, Now We Wait. It was set to a song called Stray Bullet. Daily Mail reported the WHO 13 identified TikTok photos. Butler, here's a suspect Iowa shooting. Um, I'm not playing it. Uh, Butler's reported to have shot three people, including his principal. At the end of the day, the U.S. media will report about how Butler was the victim. American society is sick. Heavy is working to verify the Reddit page that some people believe the gunman used. A Facebook page and some name also mentioned the song Stray Bullet. Uh, the gunman identified Daily Mail as Dylan Butler shot high school principal. He's in a bathroom when he took the picture. That's fucked up. Had two firearms. A teenage boy witnessed a principal being shot and suffered graze wounds. With blood on a wall. Female student shot in the head, and they don't cover his background. Uh, the principal for turning gun on himself. Let's see if we have anything in the Daily Mail. They reported a PJ Media shooter was an LGBTQ activist. Um, on a chat board, while the mainstream media and terrorism experts could tell, tell America about the greatest fe- threat facing America's far-right extremists, another shocking report mass shooting has led to the far-left suspect, which describes the LGBTQ activist. The alleged Iowa school gunman who injured three people, including the principal, before killing himself has been identified as Dilla Butter. Uh, da, 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 da. He was a senior. Uh, here's the deal. If every day we go on the media and say there is a Trans genocide. 
if we say it over and over and over and over and over, well, what do you think people are going to think? Right? If you told me every day that Group A is out to kill 60-year-old people, which I, I'm, I'm batting very weird lately. I've been getting you are 40 or you're 900. That's what I get from young people, which I guess is kind of in between. I guess I should be happy with it. I don't know. I didn't even get noticed. I, I, I came on the show a couple months ago that I'm invisible, and all of a sudden I get people talking to me and young women smiling at me and saying nice things to me well, when I'm out and about, and I like it, even though I shouldn't. But if I knew that, wouldn't I be defensive? And if you're already suffering from a mental illness, let's be honest, whether you want to believe it or not, and you're totally woke and you're caught up into what the left's saying, gender dysphoria is a horrible illness. Could you imagine waking up every day and you're, you feel uncomfortable in your body? And with all the things that we're, we're doing right now where they're pushing, you know, four-year-olds can say they're trans and we need to give them fucking hormone replacement, which invariably makes them worse mentally, all the reports show, because your body is rejecting it, right? Um, I remember when I got done with my fusion. In a fusion, they put a, a donut full of dead people bones that are chopped up. And they stick it in your back after they yank out the disc, the two discs that were fucked up. They put this big disc in there to replace the two discs. And they wrap it around your spine and they put a bunch of screws and bolts and rods. And that's how my back is made. For six months, I was inflamed because my body is trying to push it out. Right? And that's titanium. That's other people's bones. So what do you think it's like when you're a female and you're getting testosterone? Or you're male and you are getting suppressors and then being given estrogen? Your body freaks the fuck out. It affects you mentally, physically, every way. To further elaborate, I'm taking noratripoline. The initial 25 milligrams, I started having weird, like, daydreams that were real. Between me, you, and the wall, I started talking to people that weren't there. And I talked to the doctor and said, this ain't cool. It stopped, but I'm having daydreams where I'm having conversation with my stupid crush during the day. Oh, it's totally normal. It's the drugs. Then they put me on 50. I'm in a spiral. I don't know when I'm awake and when I'm asleep. I don't know what's real and not real. And I email again and go, man, this is helping my stomach. I am so much more healthier. But dude, I'm in a dream world. I am fucked up. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I have these constant daydreams. They don't stop. And usually my daydreams, I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking about. Everybody does it. You just space off. You're somewhere. You don't know where you're at. Mine was hours. My entire walk, hour and a half, I would daydream. Show back up to my car. 
Like, how the fuck did I get here? But I do a big loop, six-mile loop. And then it went away. <clears throat> so don't worry. I know I'm awake. This is, you know, just, I'm just telling you. We're doing this to people. And they start off with a mental illness. I have a mental illness. I have depression. The first in my life, I acknowledge I do. And I'm about to take a bunch of drugs for it. Because I'm a 16 out of 20. I'm fucked up. Considered suicidal, they say. Even though I'm not. I'm sure there's side effects to that. It might make me too happy. I'll swing the pendulum. So we're doing this to people with a mental illness. They believe they are not the sex they are. They're very confused. And a lot of them came to that because they're very unhappy. They're probably suicidal because they're young. We were all suicidal. My first crush said I was ugly and fat. It didn't get better from then. Nothing got better. Let's be honest. When my wife, a beautiful it girl that everybody wanted, liked me, well, yeah, I latched on. I didn't fucking let go. Because you know what? Me and girls did not work out. In the current world, I was so susceptible to things that, you know, I fatted and went with whatever the fads were. I probably would have chopped my dick off and I'd be a girl right now. Because it's so bad that that's all you hear is, well, if you're not happy, become trans or non-binary. Or things we're going to cover today where they have different constructs. Personality, what the fuck is it called? Oh, fuck it. We're going to cover it. I, I watched a bunch of videos and I was just like, what the fuck? It's like a real thing. I would have adopted one of these because I was so fucking unhappy. My parents got divorced. My life wasn't going the way I wanted to. I wasn't that good at sports, but I was a jock. Every girl I liked said I was nice, but I was in the friend zone. Or then I was with a girl, and the girls that I really liked said, man, I really want you, but you're with that girl, so I won't be with you. Blah, blah, blah. I couldn't get laid to save my ass. And I was like a rather male bull on boy on the planet. From the waist up, I'm a Hallmark Channel. From the waist down, I'm a guy. I'm garbage. But I couldn't get laid. I was really unhappy. And then I didn't start in football. I was second stringer. I only played special teams. That broke my heart. Because I wanted to play football really bad, but I didn't have skill. I was too short. I was too slow. I would have picked up one of these. I would have been non-binary or trans, just to be accepted. I'd probably been a climate nut just to have friends. And now you put on top of it drugs that they're not supposed to be taking because their body rejects them. And now we have a bunch of suicidal fucking freaks shooting up schools. Because even if people don't say things, which I don't think they do now. They look. They look. We go through life as humans and you look for differences. A couple months ago, I put a stupid picture up to Taylor Swift. That picture popped out. She was beautiful in it. Why did I see it? 
I was looking for Taylor Swift. It was a beautiful picture of a beautiful woman. When you walk out in public, you see the ugly and you see the pretty. Correct? We all do it. You see a gorgeous guy and you're a girl, you go, oh, man, that guy's really pretty or handsome or whatever the fuck girls say. But you don't, you didn't go out to do that. You weren't looking at guys. You're going to get a gallon of fucking milk. But that's what we see. So these kids are dressing all weird. They've got weird hair. They're doing makeup and piercings. They're trying to do a million things to find happiness in themselves and be accepted, right? So there's people walking down that hall that look at them and their eyes are like, what the fuck? Probably like when I used to walk in to a store when I weighed 330 fucking pounds, walrus-looking motherfucker, and I got looks from people like, gross, and it hurt my feelings. I was gross. I was a fat fuck. We do it. But you have the mental illness. You have the drugs on top of it. You have a society saying you must like these guys. And then people accidentally look because, guess what? We're human. We look for beauty and we look for ugliness. We look for differences as we're walking through, daydreaming our lives away. And they get their feelings hurt and they grab a gun. Do the math. Do the fucking math. It's not good. And it's happening a lot. Because we have the Democratic Party about to go in an election. And what are they doing? Ultra, mega, conservative, fuck-faced, loser, cocksuckers, taking away, literally taking away all the freedoms and ruining democracy. And there's a trans genocide and ah, la, la. Because that's what they're going to say. While the right's going to say, oh, the people on the border are all fucking terrorists. They're coming to kill everybody. That's where we have all this. The media sucks. Our society sucks. Our political parties suck. And kids are being inundated with, if you're not happy, become the opposite sex. Or don't have a sex. And that doesn't make them happy. Because the system's just shoving shit at them. Because... Now everybody's scared to be called a trans-phobe, correct? I didn't cover this last show, but that's pretty fucked up. Why the fuck? Media's not covering it. Something's going on. Democratic donor to say it changed subjects because it's so sad covering another school shooting. You, uh... You'll never know any of this stuff because they won't cover it. As a charity, Media Matters is not required to disclose its donors to the public, but the group appears to have been mistakenly identified in five largest contributors in public filing. Mall magnate Deborah Simmons, who pledged to do everything in her power to defeat Donald Trump, has contributed $53 million to Democratic political and groups since 2018. The group also received $1.75 million from Bain Capital, co-chairman Joshua Benkenstein, and Anita, both of whom are prolific contributors, list which contain a notice that not open for public inspection. All identified gay rights activist Tim Gill. He's known for working with Polis to bring dark money to the state level in the mid-2000s. And Clinton loyalist David Brock still running it, so that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, I meant to play this, but I suck, so I'm going to play it now. 
to further elaborate, um, this is from Oregon, which, um, yeah, I remember these Lake Ridge was the the, exp, the the rich kid. Oh, this is different. This is Lakeland. We do have a Lake Ridge, Oregon one that's coming up. It's pretty fucking bad. Um, Want to know why we have school shooters? Videos like this. This is right on here. Any kid can see this. Any kid. It's got best penis pumps. It's got the best sex dolls. Heavy petting. Groping. Middle schoolers can't keep their hands off each other. Chemical dance that allows this to happen is one of the sexiest things that goes on in your body other than, like, sex. I'm very sorry. This is nothing that I would have ever wanted to be, to have anybody exposed to. Who wants to know what my son's proclivity to certain sex is? Birth control. Herpes home tests. Where to get your best sex doll. How to enlarge your penis. Like I said, we'll notify technology of the website. Make sure it gets put on our fire. That's but you will not notify the parents. How are you? Good. Thank you for thank meeting you. me. Yeah, thank you. First of all, first week of September, th that um, personality test, it was very disturbing as a parent to see that. Came home after taking a personality test. He told me what character he was. It was from a website that was only made for use for adults. Um, it even states on the very first page of that website that it is for adult content only and it even explains a company that makes personality tests even explained personality tests should never be given to somebody 18 or younger. He said he entered them funny whatever he got virtuoso and it gave him basically his sexual what his sexual inclinations would be. Now, I don't know why that should have ever been on his Chromebook. It was about two paragraphs about how he would be quick to turn from a relationship to sex, that he's a very sensual person, that he knows how to change his partner's mind quickly, and that he's basically very manipulative in that way, where he can get somebody who doesn't want to do something to do it. That was beyond disturbing. Met with Mr. Rulo. He told me that you apologized profusely. That personality test alone was a real big kicker. My son is only innocent once. And once you take that away from him, it's, he's gone, okay? He's, he was 11 when he took that personality test. First and foremost, that is not a school lesson or something that we would uh, be approved. We blocked it. I, okay. the, district, the district blocked it. Not even Copper Beach. The district has blocked it. I believed it would never happen again. I believed you didn't know that it was an adult website. Then um, two weeks ago, he's sitting next to me. He couldn't answer one question. And he was sitting next to me playing it on his Chromebook, this video, over and over again. And then all of a sudden, I was like, what? What was that? Heavy petting, groping. Um, Middle schoolers can't keep their hands off each other. Now, when the muscle cell is at rest, 
None of these strands are touching each other, but they really desperately want to. They're like middle school students at a formal dance. The myosin in particular wants nothing more than to reach its little heads up and do some heavy petting with the actin. They need chaperones to keep their hands off each other because they're just animals that need to grope each other. There are a couple of things that keep this groping from happening. The first is a set of two proteins wrapped around the actin. Let's just continue our middle school metaphor. They're the, uh, the chaperones. They protect the actin from groping. Stored frustration in their head. And it builds and builds this frustration of the head and then explodes at go time. The chemical dance that allows this to happen is one of the sexiest things that goes on in your body other than like sex. I just couldn't believe it. And then I look, it's for college kids or 18 and older. You promised me this wouldn't happen again. We have a vetting process. I need to know how in the world, you said that first the personality thing was not approved curriculum. Mm -hmm. I guarantee this wasn't approved curriculum right. either. How does that continue to happen? And adult content. Adult, and then we're not talking just adult content. We're talking about sexual content in both. Now, Mr. Trickle speaking, then I'll address you. Okay. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming in. And um, I take this very, very seriously. The fact that for 21 years, nothing like this has happened. Um, I, the vetting process has, has been successful. These two, the fact that it happened twice is embarrassing for me, professionally and as a, as a person. Um, it's extremely frustrating, um, especially because of the conversation that I had with Mr. Rulo. There, if I could take this back, I would. Um, I'm working with my administrative team to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Um, again, I, I'm taking this very seriously. This is nothing that I would have ever wanted to be, to have anybody exposed to. I can just apologize for all of the stress that it's caused. Uh, I'm very sorry. Well, thank you for saying that, but um, you know, honestly, like I said, my son is literally innocent once. Once he sees this stuff, that's it. You never unsee it. And then when I see things like this, it only makes me wonder, who wants to know what my son's proclivity to certain sex is, like in that personality test? And now I have two things, two different things that were adult rated mm -hmm. and both had sexual content. And then last night, while I was preparing for this meeting, I decided to look through the last couple assignments again. Okay. So I'm going to show you my son's combo. I'm going to go to classes. I'm going to go to classes. We're going to go to life science. And I'm going to go down to May 24th. Body systems reveal. So this was posted a new assignment, Stephen Trinkle, body systems reveal. They just pull up and then. You familiar with the assignment? This is the assignment you gave the kids, right? It, some some sort of pictures, information to go with their assignment, right? Supplement, yeah, supplemental material to review some of the processes. Okay, that's from. dot com. It's a website. Okay. It is for 18 years or older. Is there something on that page that, yes. yeah, so could you, I just yeah. want to be able to address it. You go just here, just on the very first page where there's all these body systems. Explore additional resources. Let me just read you a couple of them. Blue Chew Reviews. Blue Chew is um, Viagra. STD Checks. You can get home tests for STD and herpes on this. Quick Extender Pro, that's um, a penis extender. 
um, Hims and Hers review. That's Hims and Hers. You could buy birth control. You can buy all sorts of sex supplements. Um, so is this a new resource that you've been This is sure? right on here. Any kid can see this. Any kid. It's got um, best penis pumps. It's got the best sex dolls. Let me just read you one thing from the best sex dolls page. As children, we form bonds with dolls and stuffed animals, which are wholly inanimate. Later in life, we connect with pets, the bulk of whose emotional complexity we project on them ourselves. So it's no great leap to understand how someone could imbue an inanimate doll with a voice, a personality, or an eroticism, and even a kind of soul. And there's a big picture of a sex doll. She looks just like a girl. But see, that's one of the things that we're working on with, with Mr. Trinkle as far as editing. That went out prior to us having our meeting. We will take that down and we'll make sure that there's something that's age appropriate that reviews for their final exam on the systems. But again, it's, mm. that's how we'll move forward with that. Okay, so what about my kid? What about every other kid that saw this? What about every other kid? Parents don't know their kids saw this. As parents that are bringing concerns to us, we're addressing them. So you're not going to notify the other parents? As parents are bringing things up to us, we're addressing them. I asked you last time, with just the personality test alone, you need to notify all the parents. And you didn't. You didn't want to. This was one particular teacher who has given this out in past years to collaborate. It is a survey that he's what questionnaire that he's used in the past when they're introducing labs. He, from what he's told me to the best of his knowledge, so those tabs that said, I guess, romantic um, relationships was not there in the past. And he's taking responsibility saying, I should have reviewed it. I just assumed it was the same as it was in the past. I did not know that that was there. He's like, to the best of my knowledge, it wasn't there. He's like, I've never had a student or a parent. He's like, I assumed that that would have been brought up immediately if it was there in the past. I believe that you both owe these students and the parents the ability to address what they may or may not have seen. What happens to the results? He was just using them for his own personal. Yes. Birth control, herpes home tests. And we'll notify Find out best where to get your best sex doll. How to enlarge your penis. Like I said, we'll notify technology of the website. Make sure it gets caught on our firewall. That's, but you will not notify the parents. I have already said, any parent that reaches out to me will be happy to speak to. Unless you make a formal, like I said, a, a, a formal announcement, I'm going to have to make it higher, and I don't want to do and that. I understand that, thank you. But uh, we are we are doing any parent that's brought anything to us, we will have spoken to. Mr. Rulo, it's just not good enough. You have to you. you have to care about all of the kids. I do. I'm going to have to elevate this. I, don't I understand. Want to. I respect that. I, I hear you. I'm just telling you that that's where we are. Right teacher has apologized. We are working to put things in place. We thought we did, and we're going to continue. Yeah, that's, that's fucking horrible. I know it's long, but I played it, so. So let's, uh, you know, the immigration thing is just fucking broke, man. It, it just broke. There, there, I, I'm doing that a lot lately today. I know. I just fuck this shit we should protect our immigrants period yet yes new york city will remain a sanctuary center under adams administration that's what he said in 2021 but now it's like the new federal government state helped to settle and support the remaining 68,000 they're sending people they stopped the judge stopped them from being able to um 
just drop them in New York that do it during a certain period. So I don't know why this is so fucking huge. Um, now they're dropping them in New Jersey and they take buses up. Um, I, I'm going to play this um, crazy ass video real quick of what happened on the border. So, um, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. They're probably not good. ABC skips damning Biden report on the border by attack Abbott. <clears throat> Networks amid border crisis but won't quote, quote Republican criticism. Mayorkas. The fact that people can stay here for six years before their asylum case is educated is a powerful example of how broken our system is. You're in charge of it, dickface. We got St. Pierre Tapper actually claims Biden done so much on the border. Veshi Smills GOP is racist on the border. CBS Margaret Brennan presses Speaker Johnson on Biden requests for more immigration justice. Yeah. Here's a montage. It's the media circle jerk. The mayor's office says more than 7,000 asylum seekers have arrived in New York City in just the past two weeks. Other major cities also grappling with the surge, including big city leaders from Chicago and Denver, calling for federal support to help manage the flow, accusing Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott of cruel and inhumane politics as he buses migrants across the country. The state of Texas has a responsibility to connect with municipalities around the country to help address and to deal with this. CBS News Chief Foreign Affairs Correspondent and Face the Nation moderator Margaret Brennan spoke with Speaker Johnson in Texas. He insisted that despite legal, logistical, and diplomatic complexities, executive action by President Biden would make quick progress at the border. On his first day in office, President Biden came in and issued executive orders that began this chaos. Um, Remain in Mexico is, is one of them. Uh, the, the catch and release program has created part of this problem. You could end catch and release. But you need the logistical and financial support to be able to do that. You need the judges. You need to be able to process people. We talked to federal agents about just that challenge. Yeah, well. We and that Congress has the purse strings to well, give them the money to do that. That's true. I'll quote to you the, the deputy chief of the U.S. Border Patrol. He said, it is as if we're trying to administer an open fire hydrant. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't need more buckets. I need for the I need the flow to be turned off. And the way you do that is with policy changes. We're just asking the White House to mm -hmm. apply common sense, and they, they seem to be completely uninterested in doing so. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson says he does want a deal, but he has not been read in on what the White House is negotiating with the Senate. You heard him mention and return to that Trump era remain in Mexico policy, which requires migrants to wait outside the U.S. while their claims are adjudicated. Tonight, a Biden administration official told me that while nothing is off the table, the administration needs Mexico's help and is not going to, quote, stuff things down their throats. As for those asylum hearings, 
Well, there are fewer than 800 immigration judges in this country dealing with 3 million pending cases. The White House funds. They see the same polling that we do, that Biden's numbers on the border are terrible and they're really bad with Hispanics as well, a key demographic that he needs to do very well with. I know that the position of the Biden White House, which you used to belong to, is that Boy, they've done more on the conservative side of things than any Democratic president uh, in, in recent history, keeping the COVID era prescription, uh, pr uh, uh, rules in for as long as they could, uh, in their view, uh, you know, tightening up asylum laws to the point that they're being sued. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is, you know, with a, with a very important Latino base. Yeah. Well, I thought what was interesting about what the speaker said is you sort of you heard him multiple times walk through how we need a comprehensive solution. You heard him kind of run down a litany of things that needs to happen. And he said, you know, we can't we can't just solve for one part of this problem. We need a comprehensive solution. And yet then you heard him say we stand only on H.R. 2. Now, he wouldn't exactly commit, but, you know, he said H.R. 2 is the, HR2 is the solution. Right. Uh, you know, we're uninterested, essentially, in, in a compromise. That, I think, is actually ultimately a vulnerability for the Republicans on this, because I think at the end of the day, people do want to see the problem solved. They want to see Democrats and Republicans working together to get it done. You have Senate Democrats and Senate Republicans trying to hash that out now. You have the Biden administration saying we want to be part of this process. We want to solve uh, we want to solve some of these issues. And, you know, if, if the House Republicans are just going to say, no, we will only support a bill that, you know, for example, would um, expand the amount of time that kids can be detained at the border, that actually opens up a vulnerability for them. People hated family separation. They hate an immigration process that they think feels cruel. And so I, I think there's some risk there uh, for the Republicans in just saying our way or the highway, and we're not going to try to help uh, find a real solution here. Now, what both Trump and DeSantis are advancing in these op-eds are neither actual fixes to our country's border issues, nor are they actual immigration policy. But they are the sort of plans you can tell people you have, and they are articulating them to the public. They want to let fewer brown people in. They want immigration to be the most painful process possible. They want to set new records in deport uh, deportation. Again, none of that really addresses any of the root causes of migration or the actual problems with our immigration system, which are real. But it is a plan, and it is a plan around which Republicans are largely unified. This is video from last Friday of migrants, including children and adults carrying children, attempting to cross a river at the southern border in Eagle Pass, Texas. The Texas governor, Greg Abbott, tweeted this video out today. Not out of sympathy for the plight of these migrants that you're looking at on your screen and their harrowing journey, but to celebrate the razor wire that his government put up to make their journey more difficult. Governor Abbott is currently facing off with the Biden administration in court about whether it was illegal for Abbott to put the razor wire up in the first place. But legal or illegal, and it probably is illegal, the cruelty is the point. And again, this is not just Abbott. This is not just DeSantis. This is not just Trump. Today, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, led a delegation of 60 of his fellow Republican congresspeople to Eagle Pass, Texas, the same spot on the border that the governor was tweeting about. Members of that delegation threatened to shut down the entire federal government if their demands on Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with Mexico's president yesterday. Christina Ruffini has more from Washington. Christina, good morning. Let me ask you, are there any signs of progress? Good morning, Vlad. Well, following the meeting, a senior administration official said progress is being made, but that this isn't a problem the U.S. and Mexico can solve on their own, and that most of this meeting focused on work the two can do in the region together.
migrant crossings are multiplying at the southern border, reaching record levels. How to address it was why the Secretaries of State and Homeland Security traveled to Mexico Wednesday for more than two hours of talks with President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. The Biden administration wants Mexico to do more to stop migrants before they get to the U.S. And Mexico wants the U.S. to help address root causes, including poverty and violence in Latin American nations. If Mexico cut off cooperation tomorrow, we'd be, in, we'd be in deep trouble in the United States. John Sandweg is the former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs. And I think the U.S. is pitching that this is a regional problem, not just a United States problem, that we need to work together on this and that there are investments that we're prepared to make either in Mexico and in Latin America to help solve this crisis. But more may need to be done as a new caravan of an estimated 8,000 men, women and children are heading north through Mexico to the U.S. We want help, says this mother from Venezuela, and an education for our children. And while border communities are bearing the brunt, the impact of the immigration influx is straining resources across the country. We expect the surge to intensify in the coming days. New York has received about 100,000 migrants in the last year, many of them bused there by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. And yesterday, New York City Mayor Eric Adams joined fellow Democratic mayors from Chicago and Denver to ask Washington for help. The federal government must take responsibility and lead on this humanitarian crisis instead of leaving it for cities and localities to handle. Of course, it's going to be hard for those cities to get the help they say they need because Congress has still not approved border security funding, part of a larger package that's on their desk waiting for them when they come back to work in January. Michelle. Dealing, dealing with the issue as the administration's also fighting to keep up, you know, to remove razor wire along the border that is intended to keep, you know, this surge lowered, um, to keep people out from crossing illegally. Governor Abbott's uh, razor wire does not prevent. It does not prevent non-citizens from unlawfully crossing. That's not what it does. If anything, it puts at risk, it puts the lives of the Border Patrol at risk. It puts them in danger. That's what the razor wire does. And once again, let us, let's not forget 13th biggest state, what he brought in. So moving on, we're getting to our thing Biden and his little unity shit. In 2024, ready to keep delivering for the American people and fight back against mega extremists. Let's finish the job. Extremist. Everybody who doesn't agree with me is an extremist. 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 I'm just going to play a little bit from his speech, and I want you to tell me how this isn't extreme for American president. Today we gather in a new year, some 246 years later, just one day before January 6th. A day forever shared in our memory because it was on that day that we nearly lost America, lost it all. One desperate act available to him, the violence of January the 6th. And since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively, to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. 
What's Trump done? Instead of calling them criminals, he's called these these insurrectionists patriots. They're patriots. And he promised to pardon them if he returns to office. Trump said that there was a lot of love on January the 6th. The rest of the nation, including law enforcement, saw a lot of hate and violence. One Capitol Police officer called it a medieval battle. That same officer called vile rape was called vile racist names. He said he was more afraid. Today we gather in a new year, some 246 years later, just one day before January 6th. A day forever shared in our memory because it was on that day that we nearly lost America, lost it all. And David, President Biden is expected to travel to two deeply symbolic places to draw direct contrast with Donald Trump. On the third anniversary of January 6th, the president will deliver remarks near Valley Forge, that historic site where George Washington commanded the troops during the Revolutionary War. And then on Monday, President Biden expected to speak inside that historic black church in Charleston, South Carolina, where nine people were gunned down by a white supremacist. His campaign says this is meant to send a message about what's at stake. This From the president today, a reminder of the stakes for our country in the next election and an existential question for us the president asking all americans who are we close to the historic revolutionary war site of valley forge and on the eve of the third anniversary of the january 6th attack the president describing democracy as a sacred cause and the central issue of the 2024 election this is not rhetorical academic or hypothetical whether democracy is still America's sacred cause is the most urgent question of our time. And it's what the 2024 election is all about. The choice is clear. Donald Trump's campaign is about him, not America, not you. Donald Trump's campaign is obsessed with the past, not the future. He's willing to sacrifice our democracy, put himself in power. Our campaign is different. For me and Kamala, our campaign is about America. It's about you. It's about every age and background that occupy this country. Ian, your reaction to what we heard today from President Biden? I have high standards when it comes to people talking about democracy, and I thought the president was absolutely outstanding today. And I think he did four things incredibly effectively that were important. Number one, he made clear unquestionably that this election is about preserving democracy in the United States. And he, he said again, that is the central issue at stake in 2024. Second, he just repeated Trump's own words. He didn't even necessarily need to make an argument so much as just repeat what Trump has said, that he would be a dictator on day one, that he would terminate parts of the Constitution, that he that his opponents are vermin. And, and importantly, pointed out that Trump's invocation of the phrase poisoning the blood of our country with reference to immigrants harkens back to language that you heard in Nazi Germany. Third, I thought the president did a good job of telling people why democracy matters, that it's about freedom and it's about who we are, that we're decent to one another, how it matters in our daily lives. And finally, the president was alive. He was passionate. He was articulate. He was everything that the character Trump and his followers have tried to paint of him is not. He okay, yeah. Mega Republican extremist. Oh, my God. Vote for me or we're all going to die.
What is wrong with these people? Oh, we got Liz Cheney here. Seems like someone is starting 2024 hangry. Axios. Liz Cheney's not going to help Trump. Oh, really? That's an article? Really? No shit, Sherlock. Not covering this today. I'm so sick of this subject, but AP. Harvard President Resignation highlights new conservative weapon against colleges. Plagiarism. Yeah, that's exactly what people did. I don't know why it's out of sorts. This one, with unity, we can do great things. This is from January 22nd, 2021. He is still doing it. And you saw ABC just fucking won't quit. That one quote, 840 years in prison. Oil field rando. Realize where we are. The fact that this is an applause line may be one of the most disturbing political developments of the past few years. You really think about that. And that we nearly lost... We nearly lost J6. We nearly lost it. America. I mean, I... I just don't even know how to process that. We, we went years of, hey, we have fucking serious problems and blah, 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 blah. But the fact that a president of the United States can say, hey, uh, I put a bunch of people that just walked in the Capitol in jail forever, and that's an applause line when people burned cities down and didn't get any jail time, <clears throat> I mean, we got a problem in Denmark, folks. I'm just telling you, that that's not good. That is actual fascism. You understand that, right? There's fascist and then fascism. That's fascism. We are going to punish our enemies who don't agree with us Politically, and then we're going to brag about it, and we're going to use the Department of Justice to get the guy we're you know going to run against, get him in prison a lot, because why not? That's real fascism. That's not me making it up. That's just that's what fascism is. Look at the definition, and it's what the Biden administration has been doing for a very long time. They use the government. To get what they want. Win elections. And. Man. It's really. Really bad. It's, it's not good. And there's still. I took a poll the other day. <clears throat> a bunch of people. Who still think that. Biden's better than Trump. Because Trump's. Blah, blah, blah. And I get it, but under Trump, at least, all right, we know what our government's doing. 
So for me, if if I, you know, I didn't TikTok it. I had a power surge. My computer shut off. But uh, the premise I was trying to make is even if I do go and vote this year, man, I'm going to have to vote for Trump. Because at least when Trump's fucking in the presidency, I know what the fuck's going on in our government. When Trump's not in our presidency, I don't know anything about anything. And we're going in the wrong direction. All right? I took that um, YouGov survey. I mean, he is underwater. It was bad. Where people realize, former years of Biden, we're fucked. So those polls are accurate. People would rather have Trump, who sucks and is an idiot, but his policies are good as long as you look past his, past his stupidity, and he's not able to do anything. Once again, the left talks all the time about losing democracy. Well, democracy is just fine. It was fine for four years. It couldn't do shit. You guys started sanctuary cities. But at least we'll stop a bunch of people across the border for a while. <clears throat> Maybe we can stem it and absorb the people we have. Or maybe it's me. But that soundbite, all that shit, it's such fucking bullshit. If that's what you're running on, seriously, I'm an independent. If that's what you're running on, right-wing extremism, when we have left-wing extremism everywhere, you guys don't give a fuck about that. We had fucking nuns beat down. Churches destroyed. You didn't even investigate it. There's nobody searching Jane's revenge. But you put 840 years for people, 1,000 people arrested. People had the doors kicked in for just going to the goddamn rally. They didn't hit a cop. Then you lied about it all. This entire thing's been one big lie. No cop was killed. Nobody was hit with a fire extinguisher. Nobody was beat to death. Everybody died of natural causes. And they were Republicans that died. Or makers, Or whatever the fuck we're saying. <clears throat> Every time we turn around, it's a new thing. So, We're going to go into our lighter fare. We're going to start with a long soundbite about uh, Planned Parenthood and how they're crooked as fucking shit. And then I'm just going to let it roll. And you're going to have a four-pack of... It's a cult. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Hi, I just found out um, that I'm pregnant and I just need to schedule an abortion. Okay, um, what is your first and last name and date of birth for me? So, um, real quick, yeah, so I'm 16. Um, so, is there a way that we could, um, or that I could get an abortion without uh, my parents knowing? So, I think in the state of Virginia, you have to have parental consent. Let me check on that really quick, okay? Okay, thank you. So sorry, that took me a minute. Okay, so in the state of Virginia, there is a way to um, get an abortion done without um, your parents being involved at all. 
what it does to the parents to get something for a judicial bypass. It's like a court order, basically, that the court signs off on saying that you um, do not have to have parental presence at your abortion, and you know, you can do it that way. So I do have the phone number for you to call uh, to get some information on getting a judicial bypass. Um, so these organizations are typically going to do all of this for free. Um, they'll have somebody represent you in court, so you don't even have to go. They'll basically just go and get that paperwork for you, and then you will have to bring that judicial bypass paperwork with you to your appointment. Um, but we can do it in Virginia that way. So with getting the judicial bypass, my parents don't have to find out. Like, no, my parents will not be able to find out about this. No, no, it's something that will be completely done and handled by, you know, an attorney that's appointed for you. They won't have any indication of it. This is the reason judicial bypass exists, is so people can access abortion without having to have their parents be involved at all. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, that's something we can do. Okay, would there be a way to help um, pay for the abortion itself? Just because, like, obviously I'm 16, so I can't afford yeah. to pay that. So, we do have uh, a limited amount of financial assistance that we can offer through Planned Parenthood itself. After your appointment is fully booked, like, we can get you screened for that financial assistance. Now, since I said it's limited, it's only going to cover up to a certain amount. Um, but we also work with some outside funding agencies in the state of Virginia, so if you need additional assistance, we'll give you those phone numbers and you can reach out to them. Um, and they're typically pretty good with helping to cover whatever else you may not be able to. So there are some options financially as well. Okay, and then um, for the judicial bypass, uh, it, how likely is it that, that they would uh, like approve it? And if they didn't approve it, would the one in Roanoke be able to help me like travel to another state where it is legal, like Illinois or something? So I am gonna be completely honest with you. I have never heard of somebody not being approved for a judicial bypass. Like this is something that happens. It happens more frequently in North Carolina than it does in Virginia. Um, but I have never heard of anybody not being approved for the judicial bypass process. Now, if for whatever reason something were to happen, I really don't think that it would. Um, but if it were to happen that way, then we would do everything we could to try and help you get you somewhere that you could do it. I am Eloise. I am six. I do wish death on transphobic people because they wish death on me and have caused death to many, many, many of my brothers and sisters in the trans community. I want to stab all of you to death as many times as I can. I want to stab you in the throat and twist it like I'm carving a fucking pumpkin. I want to shred you into tiny fucking pieces. I want to tear your fucking bones out from your goddamn body. I want to scoop your brains out with a fucking spoon. I want to eat your fucking flesh. White people ruined most of everything. Before Europeans colonized the globe, thousands of indigenous peoples acknowledged and celebrated multiple gender identities as part of their culture. Not only did Europeans spread religion to get others to convert to their ideologies, but the idea of the gender man and woman was also a European ideology. That was one of the tools of the colonization process. 
and then men and women became the standardized gender identity as what we now know today. I'm at the shopping mall, LOL. <laughs> this time of year, I kind of like, I don't think I'm gonna buy anything, but I kind of like the hubbub and the holiday kind of feeling. And I wanted to let you know, I value you. I thank you if you have no family, you can be in my family. If you needed to go no contact or limited contact, I love you very much. You're not alone. A very serious question for those of you who keep missing my gender. When have you ever met a he, him who looks like this? Huh? She, her? Yes, they, them, sure. He, him, who? And if you do know a he who hymns like this, power to him. But the he, hims I know never he the way I, she. So when I present you with she, they so kindly, could you not he, him all over my sleigh? Thank you. Of all of those, the only the black kid makes sense to me. They're all taught that from birth, that, you know, white people are bad. So uh, that doesn't offend me. But the rest of them fucking people, Jesus fucking Christ. Get a goddamn grip. Get a grip. You can't say that shit. USA Boxing says we're going to let women get their face rocked. And, and I want you to, we're going to do a section on map. <clears throat> So I'm getting a cold. I fucked myself. I shouldn't have gone out. I got a cold. This sucks. I'm going to turn into a little bitch. Can't handle having a cold. I can't have anything else. But a cold? Mm-mm. Tony, don't play colds. That face. We're going to come back to it because we're doing a section on map today. That, that guy's map. Dave Chappelle, Netflix special, The Dreamers, another barrage of trans jokes. No, it's not. It's not. I watched it. It was really funny because I think the guy's a goddamn legend. He is so fucking funny. He fucks with black people, white people, gay people, straight people, trans, cis. It doesn't give a fuck. He, he makes fun of fucking elephants. The dude's a goddamn national treasure. So shut up. It's so fucking funny. Then you have this woman. <clears throat> I don't know what her name is. She thinks she's very viral, though. And this little rant, this is why we got kids shooting up schools. I am Eloise. I am six. Someone to try this bullshit with me. I am from the state of Texas. That is one of the 50 United States. I was born there. I was raised there. My entire family lives there. Except for me. Why? Why? Because of this. The state of Texas is one of the many states in the U.S. that has launched a violent attack against LGBTQ plus Americans. Not that it was safe at any point growing up there either, um, but it's particularly unsafe right now. They are attempting to legislate LGBTQ plus Americans, especially trans people, out of existence. I am not safe there, and I don't feel safe there or welcome there, which is why I've only been back once. And I think the last year and a half, almost two years. I'm missing my nieces and nephews grow up. I've never even met the youngest one. I miss my sister's wedding. I'm missing my grandmother, despite the fact that she is getting older and she's the last person I have in my family from that generation. And granted, with the right clothes and the right haircut and my tattoos covered, I could probably 
past. But anytime I go there, I have to dissociate like hell and watch every word that I say and also hope that no one comes up in public and recognizes me and outs me while I'm in Texas, which is hard because I do have a significant following in Houston particularly. And this is not a unique story to me. In fact, this is not unique to Texas. At least twice a week, I see mutual aid requests on this app coming through from LGBTQ plus people trying to get out of those states. LGBTQ plus people are being denied access to healthcare and housing and equal access to employment. They are criminalized for the clothes that they wear. Trans people are murdered in the streets on a regular basis. They go missing all of the time and they aren't looked for. Their cases aren't solved. Why? Because trans people are undergoing a genocide in the United States. We spent months talking about this all summer long. I don't know how people seem to forget about that. We were discussing all of the stages of genocide and which one we're in regarding trans Americans. Y'all have decided that genocide only means getting carpet bombed so that you can excuse yourself from intervening when genocide is taking place in earlier stages. Hmm. If you keep saying that over and over, of course kids gonna believe that shit. It's not true. What are you stopping? You can't chop a four-year-old's cock off. You can't talk about it in school. You can't talk about Christianity in school, Islam in school, Judaism in school, atheism in school. You can't talk about any of that shit in school. So why can't you talk about your religion of transgenderism? This shit. <clears throat> I got to zoom up my fucking, excuse my French. Bleeding and shedding your uterine lining is a symptom of your period, not the cause. Your period is caused by your hormone levels and the psychological effect they have on your body. Trans women hormones level fluctuate on HRT. Just like cisism, we do in fact get periods. Trans women can and do get cramps, nausea, and experience mood swings. Some not all, some quite heavily. Everything that part of the menstruating experience fans have eggs. This is an asinine take and you know that if you actually thought before you tweeted it. I, I rest my case. I don't, once again, I don't give a fuck if you think you're a unicorn. I don't care. If you're an adult, be a unicorn. Fuck a goat. I don't care what you do with your life. It's none of my goddamn business. But as I've said a million times since we started this podcast and I had a phone in my hand in 2016 and I said, the thing I don't get about life is that vegans want to eat stuff that tastes like beef. Well, why do you want to do that if you don't like meat? And why do lesbians use penises to have sex? I know they don't. They have other ways to have sex, but they still use dildos, and it's a pe it's a friggin' penis. So if I was a dude, I'd want all sorts of dick. If I was a woman, I'd want all sorts of vagina. If you're a lesbian, right? That that's what you're. But no, you guys want to cross pollinate and then tell us we're the fucking weird asses. And then in that same rant, I said. I liked brisket, which I can't eat beef anymore. Thank you, COVID, that wasn't designed in a lab to make us not like beef. I know a lot of people don't eat beef anymore. They got COVID. I liked Green Bay Packers. I love the Oregon Ducks. 
I do think the album 1989 was seminal album, even though it's Taylor Swift. I think it was a great album. It really did change how I listen to music. So I think that's a great music. Though I don't think she's the greatest artist of all time, but she'll go down as an icon because she did make that album, which is like Nevermind and Soundgarden, Super Unknown, and Dark Side of the Moon. It's a great album. <clears throat> it just really is. We all listen to it. You bought it and you don't want to admit it. It was like an AOL CD. You fucking listen to it. And yes, there's a caveat. I think she's hot. Yeah, so what? I don't have a crush on her, but I think she's hot. But I've got a bunch of email that you, you have a crush on a young girl. I think she's pretty. She's a pretty girl. That's all I said. I didn't say I have a crush on her. I'm crushing somebody else. Doesn't matter. I love cuddling. I'm a guy. I'm not so like that. I like holding hands. I love watching my wife on the beach, but I hate beaches. I fucking hate beaches. I spent too much time in the desert. I don't like fucking sand. I love fall. I'm looking out this window, if you notice. I love fall. I love it when it's cold and the trees are dead. And I don't know why I like it. I just love it. Fall to winter is my favorite time of the year. It's not spring. I don't like summer. It's hot as shit. I used to love Liga Pravada Dirty Rat cigars. I thought they were the best cigars in the world. And I loved Gentleman Jack and Frank Sinatra, Jack Daniels. God, I miss it, but I drink Woodford's. I love Woodford's. I give my left testicle to be able to have some Woodford's. I'm thinking about trying a shot in a while. I don't know what I'll do in my stomach. I'm getting better, but I don't know how it's going to work. I think every song on the planet should have a power chord in it because I just love the power of a good thrash fuzz pedal. Mm, It's like Sleep Token. You got rap, you got ballads, but you got the nasty, dirty guitars. That's why every time I do a music, I want to go, Taylor Swift, come fuck on. Just bring a little guitar in, just a few songs. Put some power chords in it and make it so much more powerful. And you could scream over it and we'd be just like, yes, I'd buy all your shit. Not because I have a crush on her because I think she's cute. It has nothing to do with it. I could go on. All of that is what I believe. I don't believe you have to believe any of that shit. You don't have to agree with the goddamn thing I believe in or like anything I believe in. We just have to respect each other that you can believe what you believe and worship what you want and think this song's the best and pork is the awesomest and or meat is horrible or whatever the fuck. That's you. This is me. Love you because you're you and you love me because I'm me. And we live our own lives. What has changed is that over the last seven years because of Trump but it really started in 2000 with Bush we have a side of the political spectrum that believes everybody has to believe what we believe or you're blah mega white supremacist a teabagger I mean Jesus Christ my whole life it's been you don't agree with the left you're garbage if you don't believe that in six years and three months we're all dying because the planet's going to stop spinning because of climate change you're a flat earther. There's always a cut down. There's always some fascist response to the point they even got Taylor Swift to say shit about Biden. And you know she doesn't agree with that shit because she hates old people. So there's no way she thinks that guy's good. But she doesn't have a choice. If she doesn't do it, she gets crushed. So now artists are having a lineup who've never been political and they got to do the obligatory, I think transgenderism is the greatest thing ever. Even though it makes no goddamn sense. Nothing on the planet fucks itself. 
fuck you and your penguins and you saw some dogs hump each other. Dogs hump each other for dominance. That's all it is, is dominance. That side of the spectrum is out of fucking control. That way when somebody does something with heavy heart and deep concern for the safety of our students, teachers, and staff, we regrettably announced that the Drag Fest event scheduled January 7th. This decision has been driven by the alarming threats made by known violent and hate-driven organizations. All of that is from Lake Oswego, Oregon. Oh my God, this is so great. Mmm. Mmm. This is so fucking great. I didn't see this. I'm going to play this in a second. I got downloaded. Lake Oswego, Oregon. A bunch of rich motherfuckers. It's where the rich people went. We used to play them in football. Beat their ass my junior and senior year. Kicked their ass in wrestling. Yes. We were better than them. But they're the rich fuckers. There was no fucking threats of violence. There was, we're going to protest your shit. Because you shouldn't be doing it in a goddamn school. These are the same people who protest religion. It's a liberal fucking town. Liberal. Liberal. There ain't no fucking white supremacists in goddamn Lake Oswego, Oregon. You fucking people and your lies. The fact is, every time you're called on your lies, what do you do? You say the other side threatened of violence and murder and mayhem. You make up a bunch of fucking lies and you push those lies and the media, who's 100% on board to all your fucking bullshit, they push the lie and now we're just pushing fucking lies. But it's a lie. There was no threats. I don't care what they fucking say. There was no threats. It was just people think a school, which is for everybody, shouldn't fucking have anything to do with drag fests. That's all it was. People don't believe in it. They don't want their kids doing that shit. They want them to learn ABCs and fucking math and science and all the shit we suck at. So somebody on the thread posted this, and I love it.
Fucking spot on. And then while I'm on the site, I find two more of these crazy ass, fucking crazy ass, crazy asses with their crazy ass fucking shit, including that queer kid stop. Hi, friends. Welcome to Queer Kid Stuff. I'm Linz and I'm Teddy. <laughs> and this is my best stuff friend, Teddy. And this is Teddy's Book Club, where we're reading LGBTQ plus picture books with you all every Saturday morning. This week, we are reading a book called What's an Abortion Anyway? Lynn, what is an abortion anyway? Well, we're just gonna have to find out in the book, Teddy. This is What's an Abortion Anyway by Carly Maines and Emulsify. And I'm really excited to read this book because I don't think there are any other picture books that talk about what an abortion is. And it's really important idea to understand right now. Isn't it, Teddy? Yeah, that's right. All right, well, let's learn what an abortion is anyway. <laughs> you ready, Teddy? Ready. All right. Let's dive in. All right, my friends, this is What's an Abortion Anyway by Carly Maines and Emulsify. What's an abortion anyway? Let's find out, my friends. Oh, I love reading the dedication. This book is dedicated to anyone who has ever had or ever will have an abortion. How wonderful. All right, let's get into it. When a person gets pregnant, many different things can happen. Some people are pregnant for many months and have a baby. That's what happened to you. Hmm. Some people have a miscarriage. A miscarriage is when a pregnancy isn't healthy enough to keep growing. Hmm. Some people have an abortion. An abortion is when someone decides to stop. If trans women are not real women because we don't understand the struggles of being a real woman, then why do I refuse to leave my hotel room if I can hear men outside, in the fear that they will take note of my hotel room number and come and harass me? I'm back with an update for you. I just went on a one minute walk to grab toothpaste in which I was catcalled by two men. It's disgusting and it's not good enough. Yeah, yeah. But it, it it's not a it's it's not a it's not a cult. It's not a cult. It's not a cult at all. It's not a cult. If you say it's a cult, you're a piece of shit. Cause it's not a cult, damn you. It's a fucking cult, man. Jesus Christ, you can't even for fucking one second break away from the I mean, lefties. 
folks, lefties get slammed. So I'm on, um, you know, YouTube a lot. The wife likes YouTube. We, it's just YouTube. Now before YouTube out, I hate it, but she loves it. So we watch it. Dissociative identity disorders. And people talking about the construct. The surge, the TikTok-inspired surge of dissociative identity disorder. How online self-diagnosis can affect professional assessment. Because now everybody goes online to those Jeremy motherfuckers. Let's get the Jeremy guy. We're gonna we're just gonna do him the whole time. Let's just bring up Jeremy because this guy is a predator. He's a hundred percent predator. He's he's fucked up. Dude's fucked up. Okay, this is what we're gonna we're just gonna keep this picture up. He is the poster boy for this shit. Um, it's everywhere. You you can't get away from these people going. Well, I am Chuck, the protector, and I'm Frederick, the this. And I can switch back between these very quick, but I can't do it with the other person. I watched the whole video of this person, and they were TikToking where they're shutting it on, turning it off, shut it off. I, it's like they're, you know, it's bullshit. But when I did it, I have all these things with the myths about identity disorders, which, let's be honest, is a mental illness. I love dating people who have nesting partners. That's another thing that is, hey, it's just a person I, I'm a roommate with. But we're a roommate with benefits and occasionally fucked. That's all you're saying, but yeah, it's, it's, there's a nesting, an anchor. You probably have logistical ties with, most likely live with, perhaps have the deepest or long-term emotional ties with, sometimes called primary partner. Partner you live with and likely share bills with can be a primary partner, but not necessarily, and that's a nesting partner. The meaning behind 13 calming poly relationship terms showing two dudes about to fuck the shit out of a girl. The reality is, why don't we just call you, you like fucking. We're fuckers. We're fuck buddies. That's what we used to call it. I had friends that had like three or four girls. They all liked to fuck. And there was two dudes that I knew when I was a private. They would go take all these girls. They'd all fuck. Everybody fuck each other. Just do a fuck fest. Not me. I'm a one girl, one guy dude. Call me square. Relationships are tricky, man. You start getting into the I'm going to fuck everybody and I'm not going to get my feelings hurt when she likes fucking that guy in front of me more. And no, Tony's not going there. Ethical non-monogamy, the practice of engaging in multiple sexual romantic relationships simultaneously. What I call that is a man whore or a slut. Nothing we used to call people like that. Nothing wrong with it. Been saying it for weeks. Girls can go try on gloves too. Fuck it. Guy's been doing it forever. Polyamory, which means you have a bunch of different partners at the same time. Fluid bonding. Choosing to not use condoms. Rolling the dice, what we used to call it. Whatever, you guys do what you want to do. Monomagish. That's basically, you know, me and you are together, but every once in a while I want to go fuck somebody else. That's an open relationship. That's what we used to call it. Metamore. In a poly relationship, a metamore is your partner's other partner you were not dating. So this is me and my wife, and she fucks some other dude on the side. We used to call it cheating. 
I guess we're giving it a name that makes it less bad. What? Compersion. They're just making shit up. <clears throat> Consider the opposite of jealousy. Compersion describes a feeling of experienced joy because other is experienced joy. So this is called voyeurism. I like watching my wife get banged. Another thing I will never even try. No. No. Ambia Morris. Just because a person has practiced polymory before doesn't necessarily mean they always will. And the same goes for monogamy. In fact, you can be comfortable with pursuing both. A person is ambiorous if they are comfortable being in a monogamous or polymorous relationship. Which means, I don't only give a fuck, I just want to get laid. Okay. I just want to fuck people. But you made a big fancy 15-letter word. Good for you. <clears throat> Anchor partner. That's a person we fuck all the time. Hierarchical versus non-hierarchical relationship means there's a one, two, three, and four, which means I fuck you a lot, I fuck you occasionally, I let you do stuff to me, but we're not going to fuck. Once again, man whore, slut, you made a fancy name for you just fucking around. Primary, secondary partner versus nesting partner, and that's the same thing, a higher order of who gets to fuck who and when we're fucking. And who we're fucking. Then we saw a. Uh, we've covered this. This 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 shits. I mean, you do you do do it. I don't. I just don't. I I tell you, if you if you never have a real relationship with a person and all you do is fuck around, you're gonna find yourself old, unattractive, and you're not gonna have anybody by your side, and you're gonna really regret that. That's all I'm saying to you. You're gonna regret it. You're going to wish you just at one time stop being a man whore or being a slut or stop being f- scared of getting your feelings hurt because I don't give a shit what any of these people say. They got the sister wives. There's like 12 different shows on there with all these people setting up these little relationships where everybody gets to fuck everybody and eventually somebody gets fucked up, which that whole um, podcast happened. Dude thought he had that girl all locked up, but she was fucking the world and she left and took fitty. Because he didn't have a fucking prenup. And he got his feelings hurt. Because you're eventually going to get your feelings hurt. I mean, what's going on right now? I've seen like 12,000 things. So I blocked everything out because I'm sick of the Travis Kelsey freaking Taylor Swift shit. But then his ex is saying a whole thing about he fucks around. Watch the moment he fucks around, she's going to find out. And then blah, 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 or some crap. <clears throat> but some of these people just aren't made to get married. They're just not. They like to fuck around too much. And I'm telling you, you're going to end up being alone. Because I don't give a fuck if you're Travis Kelsey or you're Taylor Swift. Eventually, you're not in your 30s. And life starts hitting you. And you start sagging. And everything's not where it used to be. Unfortunately for all of us, she's probably going to start taking Botox and injections and get that weird-ass face. It's going to be sad. He's going to end up selling cars or be an insurance agent. or He'll be on TV. They'll bring him on TV for a while. He'll end up going out like Terry Bradshaw, bald and sad. It's going to happen. Neurodiversity. Place doing a bar, and that's just autistic people. And they did a whole bar on that. Yeah. Just for autistic people to come. Hmm. I don't think that's smart. In fact, I I think you're going to regret that shit. 
And then last but not least, this is a real thing, and this just makes me sad for us as a society because, hey, I don't know if this is, like, real. Reels, reels. Girls virtual gang rape in the metaverse. British police are investigating the alleged gang rape of girls' avatar in a virtual reality game in what is believed to be the first probe of in the metaverse. The alleged victim, identified only as girl under 16, was wearing a virtual reality headset in an immersive game when her avatar, an animated representation of her house, was raped by those of several men. Although the accuser did not sustain any physical injuries, she may have suffered trauma similar to someone who's being raped. There's an emotional and psychological impact on the victim that is longer term than any physical injuries. Why is a 16-year-old online in a game that lets you get fucked? That's the question somebody should ask. Anybody. Just ask the question. Why is the metaverse letting people fuck each other? Now, I've read the articles we've done on the show with a little thing you put on your Johnson and something she puts in her and you fuck over the internet. That's just fucking creepy, man. That's just creepy. Just be normal. Have normal sex. Just stop with the crazy shit. I would never in a million, I don't care how lonely or horny I ever was, I ain't attached to a device that's got electricity going through it. I mean, that could be fucking painful, dude. What the fuck? Don't call me old-fashioned. I'm just saying, shit breaks. You get electrocuted. That's a place I'm not getting electrocuted. I'm just throwing it out there. Not happening. Then we have the minor attracted person, a neglected population by MD Edge. And I'm keeping this for one of these podcasts where I'm going to read shit. Because all this shit floated back up in my timeline. So, we're going to go straight into our This is America's so We're Over on Time. This is, even if it kills someone, the view fear mongers about pro-lifers. That's our This is America. But prior to that, you're going to see a doctor talk about how it's okay to be a minor attracted person. And then a lady breaking down polyamorous like it's just the greatest thing fucking ever on planet Earth. But once again, I say to you, it's all fun and games till somebody's heart gets attached. And then you're going to have heartbreak. I am Eloise. I am six. Six signs you might be polysexual. One, you find yourself attracted to multiple genders, but not necessarily all of them. Two, you experience attraction differently for different genders. Three, you don't fully relate to other multisexual labels like pansexual, bisexual, or omnisexual. Four, you feel an affinity for the polysexual pride flag and its colors. Five, when you imagine a future partner, you don't envision someone of just one specific gender. And six, you simply connect to the label polysexual. Follow for more LGBTQ education. My name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. My name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. 
And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't represent everything that they are. We are all people first with many different facets or parts of ourselves. And this includes folks who are attracted to minors. So to start with, let's talk about what a minor attracted person is or who they are. This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. They've not chosen this attraction just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. You don't get to choose to be heterosexual or to be gay or, or whatever you are. And you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person. Some minor attracted persons are attracted to a specific age range of minors, while some are not. And some minor attracted persons are exclusively attracted to minors and are not attracted to adults at all. Some minor attracted persons are also attracted to adults. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. So yesterday, a federal court ruled that the Biden administration cannot use a 1986 emergency care law that would require Texas hospitals to provide abortions for women whose lives are at risk due to pregnancy. So they're okay with forced childbirth, even if it kills someone, because they're so pro-life. <laughs> what about all that? Oh. Ooh. Speaking of pro-life, which lost some. That was my last, that was that was my last egg just I, fell. I, I wanted to make exactly that point where I think it sets back the pro-life cause. If you're saying that you're not even at the bare minimum going to have exceptions for rape, incest, and life of the mother. Um, I think this is draconian. It's backward. And I don't think states like Texas are operating in good faith. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people in this country who have very strong convictions against abortion. I think at a minimum, we should be able to unite around the idea that there is 
always, under all circumstances, an exception if the life of the mother is at risk. Well, a doctor takes the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. When you come in for emergency care, they have minutes to make a decision. If you are haunting and burdening these medical professionals with the risk of lawsuits mm -hmm. because they're going to save a life, and you cannot say you're pro-life and let someone die in front of you, the woman is right in front of you dying and they're saying you can't help them. That flies in the face of if humanity, the medical professional, the laws, like there's no way this can hold. I, I think what's unfortunate about it is that uh, it's winding its way through the courts again, right? And so what the Biden administration tried to do because we have not codified this right in, in Congress is that they tried to use this federal law and it's, it's called the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act. And it's a federal law and generally federal law always trumps state law all the time, all day, every day. And the provisions include that if the exam reveals an emergency condition, the hospital must provide, must, all necessary stabilizing treatment, such as the serious dysfunction of any organ or even active labor. Now, when I read that, that tells me if you have a woman that comes in that's having, let's say, an ectopic pregnancy yes. Which that I can kill her, uh, that's, ha that's in active labor for a child that is not going to survive, you must treat that person. Yet this federal appeals judge said, mm, no, you just have to stabilize her. I think this is going to go further. I think this is going to go beyond this court because I think they get... Once again, if all you have to run on is mega is bad and we need to kill all the babies and make up stories about what pro-lifers are saying, <clears throat> man, that's a weak case. So this wraps up another episode of Flower Politics Podcast. Share this family, friends. Go to Flower Politics with a K at SoundCloud, Rubble 482467, FOP at gmail.com, the new podcast, 5532123 at Rumble, and also on Flower Politics SoundCloud page. We're going to be covering White Pony by the Deftones, Violator by Depeche Mode, Dysfunction by Stain, and then Taylor Swift's 1989. Those are the next four albums we're going to cover, and then we're just going to get random stuff. If you want to hear an album covered, send an email to foppodcast at gmail.com. Disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. And our next show will be 10 January, year of our Lord, 2024. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. And thanks for listening. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. Seven lives.